0: Hello, hello! Welcome to a brand new case of Mixtape Identity, with this week's guest Ross Brandt. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. This is episode 78 of Mixtape Identity with Ross Brandt. I was really excited to get Ross on the show here. I've been a subscriber to Dropout TV, more or less since it started and ross is one of the people i've just loved watching on that net- on that network i am particularly drawn to uh, music-based improvisation i just think you have so many wells you need to draw from so many references and i i can't really get my head around how that mind works so i was really excited to get ross in the show and just you know uh, just chat to him and get to know him a little bit better and, and, and see what makes him tick and it did not at this point. Uh, it was a fantastic chat. I'm really excited about this episode. So, yeah, I'm excited for you to listen to it. I was really excited to get Ross's music over as well. It covered a great range of genres, which is always good for, for a chat. And um, some new hip-hop songs for me, which, yeah, I really really enjoyed. And, yeah, some beautiful ambient songs in there as well that I'm I'm still listening to, even though we recorded this uh, weeks back. Um. If this is your first time listening, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, basically what you're going to hear in this chat is uh, Ross and I talking through some songs that Ross sent to me off the back of some prompts that I sent to him. Uh, all the songs are available in a playlist on Spotify. If you click on the, the, the link in the description of the podcast, that'll take you right there. So if you're curious about any of the songs we're, we're uh, talking about, or if you want to listen along, that's the best way to do that. Just going to issue a quick content warning for this episode. Uh, ross and i do talk about the subject of suicide Uh, it is on category five a song makes you sad naturally Um, and we talk about two artists that have um, taken their own lives Uh, if that's something that would potentially be upsetting to you we are on that song for about 11 minutes so once you hear me introduce that song if you skip ahead 11 minutes you'll be in safe waters Anyway, this is a this is a great chat i am i was so excited to be talking to to ross he's obviously very very funny but um takes his music very seriously so we had some some really great conversation in here um yeah i'll be back at the end of the episode to talk about support for ross and support for the show uh but we'll we'll dive in this is episode 78 of mixed Up identity with ross brandt <laughs>
1: At the moment, Ross? I mean, I listen to music every day. Mm-hmm. I um, I I used to be a more avid music listener, but with the advent of podcasts, right, they have begun to slowly absorb, amoeba like the time that I spent <laughs> listening sure. to music. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, I was a I was a big Walkman and Discman carrier <laughs> all sure. throughout uh, my my youth and. And now I'm just like Mr. Earbuds In all the time. But more often than not it's uh it's podcasts, but I, I'm every now and then I just get bit by the bug and I, I really go hard on, on music. So now it's more like fits and starts obsessions right. send me down little spirals and, and rabbit holes and then I go back to back to podcast and bounce back and forth. Okay. So the the little obsessions
0: that you have, is that are you trying are you finding new music when you're doing that or is that, you know, going back to stuff that you're familiar
1: with or how does that look? It's both um yeah. these days like my my music listening is um, it's the kind of thing where when people ask me like what are you listening to lately uh, I respond with a deep sigh because I know it will require some explanation um, okay, sure or I'm, or I'm like uh, um, I'm really into some like contemporary crossover thrash metal uh, do you, do you like the band uh, command as their eyes glaze over and they walk away <laughs> um, and or where I'm like, are you familiar with the concept of the subgenre dungeon synth? Okay, now <laughs> you know how there are those little ambient electronic interludes at the beginning of black metal albums. Have you ever thought, what if the whole album was like that? That's dungeon <laughs> synth. <laughs> and um, and um, I listen. I've been listening to a lot of that stuff lately. Um, mm. Some uh, so a lot of a lot of I've been listening to a lot of very aggro and ambient music lately. Okay. A lot of a lot of death metal. And black metal, um, and a lot of this kind of dungeon synth stuff, which is ethereal, ambient Mm -hmm. music, and maybe the thing that they have in common is that they're both kind of both things are kind of done by misunderstood shut-ins. Sure, (laughs) Um, they both genres are like transmissions from someone's dank basement, Mm. Um, and. I I'm I'm drawn to to people like making bespoke little eccentric musical artifacts right for which there may not be any audience outside of this little cult of people with the esoteric knowledge to kind of grasp what it is. Sure. And so I I'm really drawn to that stuff lately but as you can probably tell from my playlist I'm also just really into a lot of electronic music. Mm. And so that's always that's always an ongoing thing. I love I love disco and Italo disco and house and techno and sure and all that stuff. And, and I like, and I like rap. So I listen to a lot of, listen to a lot of, of that as well.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Um, you were saying before the
0: recording that you, um, you love like making mixtapes. Is that, so are you still, is that now you're creating playlists or is this going back to your Discman Walkman days or?
1: Absolutely. Like, um, there was a period in time, um, in my early twenties where like, a night, I've, like I'd come home from work or whatever, I would go into my room, shut the door, get a boombox, get all my CDs, and then just make mixtapes for fun. And right. that was like an, an an evening's entertainment. Yeah, with maybe no no concept of this that this would ever even be given to anybody. Sure. Um, yeah. 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 Um, and that that then transitioned into making make CDs, and now in the Spotify world, um, yeah, yeah. I've, I've I've enjoyed making the occasional playlist like just kind of thematic playlists are fun yeah so i've always been a a mix a mix maker and i was very much in a a dabbler in being a dj like i got i got cdjs at one point and and had like a little dj night um when i lived in chicago very very amateur hours very like (laughs) um the era where like anybody think they thinks they can do this yeah (laughs) sure sure but it was very fun i i i had a blast doing it yeah and so i've always been yeah i've always been a big music fan i feel like so many of my high school friends um and i the ways that you kind of come together and bond and maintain your friendships are just like endless conversations about music have Mm -hmm. you heard of this do you know that um learning deep diving on the background of everything who are the influences of so and so how did they influence such and such and building the big a conspiracy flowchart in your head of all the <laughs> of all the genres and influences. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Alright, cool. Look we'll we'll jump into the playlist there. So song one is a song you fell in love with straight away. So you went for You're gonna make me love somebody else by the Jones Girls.
1: Yeah. Um this is a group I was completely unaware of. I, I tried to I took this question really at face value. What's a song you fell in love with right away? Mm-hmm. What was a moment of musical infatuation where like the very first moment you were you were exposed to something it was like what is this like love it first here yeah and i remember it like it was yesterday i was in chicago and i got into a taxi i think this was pre uber Lyft days so you got to meet some real eccentrics driving the taxis in 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 chicago and uh this gentleman just had the radio on to one of the local kind of r&b throwback station and as soon as that bass line hit, I was, my pupils dilated, and mm. I was just like, "What am I listening to right now?" And um, just like let this song wash over me. It just has this compelling mid-tempo disco groove. The the um, these like sassy, awesome lyrics and harmonies. Mm-hmm. It was kind of disco-y, but it was like it was slow. It was uh, um. It's not It's not so much a like a disco rager as it is just kind of like a little bop. Um, yeah, sure. And and, it, and I don't know if any you or any of your listeners have experienced this like pre-Shazam where I was just like going into my memory palace like, okay, remember as many of these lyrics as you can. You have no idea who this is. Like you're going to get out of the taxi before the, the DJ can come on and say who it was. Yeah. So remember the lyrics. Remember the lyrics. So I'm just like, you're going to make me love somebody else or treat me the way that you do. And- then got out of the taxi and the first computer I could find like got on and like wrote all those lyrics into Google <laughs> just fingers crossed and then the song came up and maybe that day I went to uh, the record store and found a found a Jones Girls CD with that song on it oh wow oh the
0: the kids today will never understand the um, struggle <laughs> yeah oh man um, okay. oh that's class though I've just I, I had the same thing listen to the song like this is right up my alley Um, like disco, R&B, Motown soul. It's a genre that I know so little about um, mm-hmm. but every time I hear a, a, a song like this I'm infatuated it's so good oh.
1: um, I think that... It just seems like chills up your spine. It's a, it's, it's so yeah. like, romantic and propulsive. I love it Yeah yeah. Um, the opening
0: bassline is very similar to Bill Withers' Lovely Day like yeah you're right it is notes and then it's mm-hmm. and then it goes in a slightly different direction um which i loved as well because i was kind of expecting one thing and then it went into something else um but yeah oh it's beautiful it's such yeah. a good song
1: um yeah and it's one of those things too where like I, don't, I was not like a discogs guy until until recently but right in the way that you can look up any song and look at its personnel and mm. if you're like oh i love this song what else did these producers do right um and this is a gamble and huff production and then you just look at their um curriculum vitae and it's like oh they produced like everything <laughs> like mm. like it's it's just every every um soul and disco art like they produced um uh harold melvin and the blue notes backstabbers like right. another just like amazing tune and, and, and hundreds of others mm. and um but i love this era of um this, like, kind of 80s R&B, like, mm-hmm. disco's fading away in popularity. Yeah. And this kind of electro R&B is kind of on the rise. And it's this moment where, as disco fades in popularity, it's kind of splintering into all these little subgenres. Mm-hmm. And so, like, house music is kind of like it, disco going underground and getting faster and more dance floor-friendly, even more dance floor-friendly mm-hmm. and druggy <laughs> and... Mm-hmm. And then this side of it is like, I guess another one of these genre names is boogie. This is kind of like a boogie yeah, sure. track yeah, where yeah. it where instead of speeding up, it slows down and becomes a little bit more like mature. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love that sound.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's great. Such a good song. Um, all right. Song two is a song that took you a while. So you went for Hang On St. Christopher
1: by yeah. Tom Witts. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Waits is an acquired taste. Sure, he is a he is a a heady a heady flavor. Yeah, um, a complex vintage. And speaking of mixtapes, I think it was the summer after high school. My friend Jason mailed me a tape just mm-hmm. out of the goodness of his heart, just friend hours tape trading. On one side of this ninety, I think it was one of those. Sets where it's like 90 minutes on each side so pr- pretty long mm-hmm. one side was the pecker soundtrack the soundtrack to the john waters movie pecker right which is which is really good it's like a bo- john waters is like a kooky record collector and of like bizarre novelty songs and american ephemera and uh-huh. it's a great soundtrack of that stuff and on the other side was tom wait's album frank's wild years i had no idea who tom waits was i was like i i just had no reference point for what The hell was on the other side of this tape yeah so it was like okay one side is like kooky fun 50s novelty songs and then i've turned it over and then it's this like part of me was like is this tape malfunctioning does Mm -hmm. his voice actually sound like that yeah like what is this this sounds this sounds like the tape got like damaged by rainwater or something like the everything's a little out of tune and off kilter and his voice Mm -hmm. is really strange and then in the next track his voice is even weirder mm. and then in the next track it's even weirder <laughs> and like this and i was like i don't i was just baffled by it i was like yeah. i don't know what the hell this is and it and i've kind of put it away and only listened to the pecker side of it for a while right but i kept just kind of coming back and i think the first song that really won me over was uh, down in the hole which mm. is um on frank's wild years which um i think most people know it because it was the opening credits to the HBO show The Wire I think was yeah. it has has a pretty big cultural footprint but once that song kind of got its hooks in and I was like oh he's kind of doing a character he's doing this kind of like preacher thing Mm. oh this is kind of like all of these songs are like from the perspective of a character and he's like putting on a voice for each song each song has its own little like unique sonic world Mm. and then I was like oh this is very this is like a musical and then i read up on it and found it It was a musical right and then um and then i began to deep dive on tom waits and tom waits basically became my primary musical obsession for the next five years right. like i was uh i'm a dyed in the wool now tom waits head and mm. i love i love that music so much uh i was totally the annoying person at who would like put this on and try to imitate him to the best of my ability like <laughs> screaming at people um and uh but this this era of Tom Waits this like Frank like the the run in his mid in the middle of his catalog from swordfish trombones rain dogs um Frank's wild years bone machine is really abrasive and odd and mm. broken deliberately yeah um this kind of like Like surreal barroom jazz, and it's it's so great. I I, there's nothing else like it. Mm. Often imitated, never duplicated. And as I as I aged, I feel like I Tom Waits. My 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 love never faded, but I I listened to him less and less. Part of it maybe had to do with uh, I. (laughs) You ever you ever judge an artist by their fandom? yes and I felt and I felt like I I when I did encounter Tom Waits fans they would sometimes have that like an irritating uh like there there's a the type of guy that's really maybe a little too into Charles Bukowski and and Hunter S. Thompson and yeah sure um uh into rolling their own cigarettes and stuff like (laughs) which god bless I, I I now have less judgments in my heart but um yeah uh but the sort of like a uh, um, uh, pretentious uh, pseudo bohemian type mm-hmm. uh, which like probably my my uh to use a contemporary word cringing at that was <laughs> me pointing the finger at myself <laughs> because like I was very much like you know yeah uh, sure. I have I have some of that poison in me too, but um <laughs> but man like yeah anybody else in the planet like tom waits his whole thing would seem so affected and and weird but he's plenty weird but it seems straight from the heart mm. the guy is the guy's one of a kind yeah. and i i'm also just so compelled by this period of his the where he goes from being kind of like a like a jazz bow like the the small change era into this weird stuff because that's when he forms this relationship with his wife uh kathleen brennan who's credited as a co-writer, I think, on every subsequent album. And I'm also really compelled by that idea of having a romantic creative partnership that seems so fruitful and and rich and collaborative where they're clearly just, like, made for each other, and that's so sweet. Yeah. And they're producing such strange stuff, Mm. just transmissions from this beautiful little world that they've created together with the force of their love. (laughs) It's awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm a big fan of that as like as like a as a uh a, a take on this category. Like, that's kind of when I wrote these questions. That's kind of like my, my ideal is the the song or the artist that you like dismissed because you didn't get it. And it's like a switch the flick. Sometimes you know, like there's certain movies that I've watched where I'm like watching it the wrong way. Um, yeah, and then as soon as like I, like someone will say something to me or explain something to me, I'm like.
1: Ah, okay. I get yeah. this now. This is like I I like this now. Um, Sometimes you need a guy. You need a sherpa who can yeah. like kind of bring you in, bring you up the mountain.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm one of these people who will have to like quite often. Will you know if I finish a movie, I'll have to like Google the name of the movie and then ending explained, and then yeah, from there I'm like, oh yeah, no, I love that. That was great. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, he yeah. was living life backwards. Okay. okay.
0: <laughs> um. But yeah, there's like a there's a real i can see this being the one that fits that category there's a real like dissonance um with tom waits when you listen to it initially and you're, and i've i've felt that before when i'm listening to him like what what is he doing why is it going this direction and then right when you get it it's like you're listening to it again thinking like it would be like these songs would be so boring if there wasn't that kind of like uh that something off about it if it wasn't like yeah like, it's something like foreboding about that quality and mm-hmm. it, w- it would just be really dull if it didn't if it didn't have that
1: but um absolutely i feel like there's a i don't know if you feel this way but I, I mean i'm not on tiktok but so much of the contemporary take on the singing the singing voice mm-hmm. is um and i feel like it would be too old man shakes fist cloud of me to blame it all on autotune but mm-hmm. there's some some there's something to that. We're like Yeah. There is like a a sweet perfection to yes. so much contemporary vocalization. Yeah. Whereas like so much of the vocals that I respond to on a gut level are so quote unquote wrong. Mm-hmm. They have a such a unique and broken grain to them. Yes. Uh and I would hate I, I I hope that there there's a a reaction to that. I'm sure there probably is one that I'm just not thinking of or or mm. uh, aware of, but like Tom Waits is at the bleeding edge of like the abrasion to which the human voice is, is capable. Yeah. I think of other people like like Diamond Galas or or uh I I mean I've people say that about Bob Dylan and yeah. everything like these voices yeah. that people can find that you love or hate that are either like repellent or yeah. Just part of the whole thing.
0: Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I feel very like old oh man shakes fist the cloud when I talk about it as well. But it's like, I do feel like there's an element of, um, there's an element of authenticity I think has been lost. Um, and I think, yeah, there's this sort of quest for everything to be perfect. And I think, I think shows like X Factor and, um, American Idol and things like that have a lot to
1: do with that as well. Oh my God. I um, never thought of that. I think you're so right. Yeah. Like the, comp- making, making music that flows out of that culture as this war of all against all where it's just like yeah. who has the most perfect and beautiful voice yeah who has the most bel canto and, and like
0: they, they will also like absorb music from other genres while they're doing that as well like x-factor in the uk um i'm sure it's the same with american idol but They will release their song as their, like it'll be a cover song that they do, and that will be released just before Christmas. It'll be Christmas number one. This happened for years, but I remember they would like they would borrow from other genres and they would like just make this really, like watered down version of it. Like there's a, um, there's a Biffy Clyro song called um, uh, "Many of Horror," and like I love that song, and and I'm not Biffy Clyro aren't like, with. Many of her isn't like the most interesting rock song, but it's mm-hmm. um it's a nice ballad. I really like it. But the version that was produced by X Factor, they called it "When We Collide" because that's the words that are in the chorus, which is mm. already dumbing it down for me. And then it's just <laughs> this really like just normal pop song, and it's just so sterile. And yeah, yeah. and I so I think the authenticity has been lost. I think the storytelling i don't think we have many storytellers um musically as well i think the only example i can think of of that i've seen recently that's um really good in terms of storytelling is a, uh, wren which i've I'm seen familiar. a lot of on tiktok he's um Ren is a, is a song at the moment which is um it's his uh it's a conversation with himself about his mental health so it's him and his like less well self in mm. a uh like a conversation about um, how he's recovering, and then his alter ego saying about how that'll never work. You are a fucking asshole. All this kind of stuff, um, and it's it's good. Like, I am not, I am not, I am not saying it's a, a a perfect piece of art, but it's at least authentic to himself, and it's not focused on making the voice sound as perfect as possible. It's just it the the yeah. the it feels like he's on the edge and that lends itself to the song a lot more and there's not a lot of I, that
1: yeah yeah i i like yeah i like voices that feel personal and in some way um so wrong they're right yeah and uh yeah, yeah. um yeah. i think there's there's interest there's an interesting like way it gets pushed the other way where like when like when autotune was it when they discovered that they could kind of hack it and make you sound like a robot that's like that's like pushing it beyond perfect to this strange uncanny place and i like that um uh or like the the totally shimmering artificial surface of certain pop songs where it's like so perfect it's it's in the uncanny valley and i find that kind of cool and yeah um but yeah like uh but tom waits is in a class by himself as far as
0: that goes no i agree for sure um, all right. Song three is a song from your introduction to music, so you went for "Heat With by Martha Reeves and the Vandellas.
1: Yeah, I mean, what a jam! And um, mm. my so much of my exposure to music at a young age was um, my mom was an aerobics instructor. Very okay. big in the eighties and nineties, like got very big into step aerobics. You can okay. imagine the the leotards, the leg sure. warmers. Yes, and so much of that was mixtape making so she had all these little boxes of tapes she would make for herself and she was you know she's a she's a baby boomer so uh her and my dad talk about like going to see soul cover bands doing like motown covers and stuff when they were in high school Wow! and so they're they're in love with all that music and so she had a lot of like motown tunes with straight ahead four on the four four rhythm mm-hmm. for her to do step aerobics too right and so i had all these access to all these aerobics tapes <laughs> and so th- that was what i would throw on and just kind of listen to and Sweet. this this song i remember really making an impression um it's just so it's just so compelling it just makes you want to dance it's yeah. a heat wave you got a heat wave um oh, man. it's it's a be- it's it's so great their voices are so great like the motown voice like we talk about over the over perfectionism of of voices but, but like motown voices are amazing they're they're they are perfect they are like yeah. pitch pitch perfect but there's something so that just like the wailing quality of it like so many of these i feel like so many of the art motown artists were like in high school choirs and in like gospel and were like gospel singers growing up mm-hmm. and it has that like there's just something so like liberatory and and uh like the the singing is on the verge of screaming, like it's mm. almost bellowing. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, man, yeah, yeah. What what can you say about just like a, a Motown classic? It's 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 incredible. Yeah. And then like much later, I found that what is it? The Who has a cover of it, and which is fun. I think. Okay. And um. Uh, but it's 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 enervated in comparison right, sure. to this yeah it's, yeah it's uh, yeah. it's uh yeah i, I love
0: this tune hmm. i i think that would be like my ideal mixtape um just yeah motown tracks to do aerobics too. like
1: <laughs> yeah. i mean
0: i'm not i'm not i'm not doing the aerobics don't get me wrong but um yeah. uh, that uh, the music is just insane um yeah I, i'm Similar to you In the sense of Like when it comes To 60s Motown It's just kind of like I don't know what More to say about it Other than it's just Insane Like I am Such a big fan of the genre And again Don't know much about it But anytime I hear a Motown song I'm just instantly On board mm-hmm. Um And this I'm like I'm so happy to have this song I hadn't heard this one before And oh. I'm so happy to have it Because it's just The most fun It's so
1: great Oh It's so great And the harmonies too Like um, yeah. Towards the end of it Like uh ooh, ooh, yeah mm-hmm. just 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 the timbre of a motown yeah when you get yeah. three voices blasting that out it just yeah. sends it, it gives you goosebumps yeah I, I did do a little bit of research on this one and i think um like and it's crazy too like so many of these motown artists are like children when they're putting yes. these songs out yeah, yeah and yeah. uh and i think that um martha wanted to record so bad was like working as a secretary or something at the Motown office and was just pestering Barry Gordy like please can I cut a record please can I cut a record he's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and eventually wow. like got him in the studio yeah wow it's okay. like wasn't wasn't like Otis Redding just kind of like working at the stacks uh like um, oh yeah recording studio and they're just like oh, why don't you sing a song Otis oh you've got one of the most incredible voices of all time <laughs> okay <laughs>
0: yeah oh man Ah, oh, so good. So good. Um all right, song 4 is a song that makes you happy. So you come for
1: Angel Eyes by Lime. <sighs> oh man. Uh what to say about Angel Eyes by Lime? Had you heard this song before? No. Um yeah. So this is like um speak with if Jones Girls represents that slowing down of disco. Sure. Lime's music is representing that speeding up. Mm-hmm. Um they are a husband and wife um electro disco group from Quebec <laughs> they're right. a canadian uh electronic music like dance music duo uh-huh. and um this song this is another one where as soon as I heard it like uh I was like uh this might be my favorite song um there's a genre called Italo disco of um, that kind of like post disco music of the early eighties that was being produced largely in, in Italy. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very synthetic, lots of synthesizers galloping kind of synth bass lines. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's the kind of thing where when you first hear it, like it sounds kind of cheesy and funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to me, like then I'm like, I love this so sincerely. It's yeah. it's so... It has this kind of... It has... All of it has this quality to it where it's it's joyful and, and propulsive dance music, but there's something a little bit bittersweet about it mm, and melancholic. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I love that. Yeah. So I, I knew of this genre. I lived in Chicago at the time, and there's a record store in Chicago called Gramophone Records, which is one of these record stores that caters to DJs. So it's mostly... They've got the 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 genre classifications on their walls are get way more granular than than a okay. normal record store. So instead of just like electronic,a they will have you know techno, house, micro house, dub techno, etc., uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera. Like every right. permutation. And one thing that they offered was they made mixtapes or and mix CDs mm-hmm. for DJ use, and they had right, a big okay. binder. And you could flip through the binder, and it was all these um, CDs of vinyl rips of various dance tracks. There were something like 25 of these CDs, and you could just pick one and, and buy it. And so they made these in-house mix CDs of dance music. Wow. And I just went up to the clerk and was like, I- I'm really into Italo disc here. Do you have one of these CDs that has a lot of that? And he's like, I got you. And uh, <laughs> he gave me a couple of these CDs. And these things, like, never left my Walkman for, like, two years. Like, it right, was... Okay. They're, it's just such triumphant, cheesily delightful music. Yeah. And one of these tunes was Angel Eyes. Uh-huh. And it has this rising quality where the whole thing is just an ascension as if to heaven where the angels live right it's just and your your arms are already like reaching skyward to let the light of the heavens break upon you um it's it just sounds so um you feel as though you're taking flight and um and then lyrically it's just you know, like a lot of disco songs, it's probably about a hookup. It's just like, Yeah, sure. Um, the, the lyrics are so much nonsense. Move down, energize, make our way to the other side. Yeah. I want to see your angel eyes. What does this mean? <laughs> Who knows? But, um, <laughs> but it's, it's the sound of like you falling in love with someone on the dance floor, of feeling yeah. swept away by the power of music and, mm-hmm. and the sort of like intense connection that you feel like when you catch someone's eye yeah. in that moment. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's not like you're looking at another person because of the power of that music. It's as though a supernatural entity has come down from, from the above. Yeah. Sure. Uh, And yeah, it's, it's so beautiful. And the, one of the two, this, this song came out in the early eighties and Lime uh, continued to release stuff. Uh, I think they eventually divorced. um, And the, the, um, Dennis, the the husband of the pair, uh, transitioned later in life, and she passed away. Uh, maybe only two weeks ago. Right. So okay. lime lime was on my mind because like ah this music meant so much to me. Yeah. It, it has this cult following, but I was like ah this person made this music that I, that just resonated with me so much. Just R.I.P. Mm. Uh, a, a real a real genius producer. Yeah. Crazy.
0: Um. Yeah, yeah so I hadn't I hadn't heard this one before I uh, I find it really compelling mm-hmm. for a you know like an 80s disco track um, and I think it's the the ascension that you're talking about but there's something like there's a, a slightly dark quality to it as well yeah, it's kind of a yeah. it's a little bit of a theme throughout some of your songs it's like there's that a mm-hmm. little bit of uh, push and pull bit of light and dark Um, but yeah there was something a little bit uh, again somebody like <laughs> some of the Tom Waits which obviously Lyme and Tom mm-hmm. Waits are often talked about in the same uh, same sentence but yes definitely. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah there's something like slightly dark about the um, the vocal quality that um, yes I find very very interesting very compelling um, so yeah it kind of
1: hooks you yeah I, you can't place it like uh, they, they the two of them both vocalize the voices are both kind of androgynous Mm. um where like you when either of them are singing you don't it could be like a counter tenor male voice or yeah sure she she sings so high like her voice is so high Mm. um his and yeah both their voices have this androgynous quality that kind of also makes it a little uncanny and maybe gives it a little bit of that bittersweet quality yeah but yeah there is there is like you're you're so right that so many of the i am really drawn to all the music i'm i i like has this kind of the happy music has this undertow of mm. of melancholy yeah um the sad music is a little bit sparkling <laughs> like, um, yeah i like i like that uh, yeah. i like the salty in my sweet
0: <laughs> yeah sure yeah i've talked about that a little bit recently but the, the, like i think conflict is a really interesting quality in music and um in particular when it comes to like a uh I feel like I'm always talking about this recently, but that's the reason that I really can't stand like really boring uh, white man with a guitar covers of songs, where they're just playing it a sad song, like um, ABBA, like any ABBA song. They'll play it slowly, and they're like, "Hey, look, this is actually a sad song, and I'm playing it sadly." And you're like, "Yeah, I know. That's why yeah. it's interesting because it's it sounds happy, <laughs> but the lyrics are sad. That exactly. everyone knows that.
1: Everyone yeah. knows that." Wow, you're blowing my mind. Wouldn't it be cool if this was like actually a complex work? (laughs) Where like you're, you're, what if I was dancing and crying? Yeah. Um, And yeah, yeah. I, yes, I I love that so much. I I, I realized when I was looking over my playlist that exactly what you're describing the lone troubadour with a guitar is in no way represented here. Right. And that is, that's not that, I think we're maybe pretty similar in where that's not a thing that tends to grab me. Yeah, except sure. in certain cases there are there are outliers like i like elliot smith or i love or um uh smog uh bill callahan i really like and and, and occasionally mm. someone someone breaks through yeah, um, sure. if they do they tend to have that kind of like off kilter broken quality to their voice yeah um sure. uh but um but yeah just someone just like a random white guy with a guitar emoting at you I'm kind of allergic to that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 100%. Um, All right. Song five is a song that makes you sad. So you went for winning by the sound.
1: Oh, yeah. um, I was unaware of the sound up until maybe five years or so ago. Or maybe I'd heard of them before that. I feel like when Interpol really broke through in the early 2000s -hmm. in rock magazines and stuff, I would see like... Kind of snobby music critics be like, well, if you like Interpol, perhaps you'd actually like one of the bands they sound exactly like, such sure. as the Chameleons or the Comsat Angels or the Sound, and there's some, there's some, what, whatever, there's some truth that there, there's an Interpoliness to, uh to yeah. the sound, and um, uh, but I really discovered this song in the midst of pandemic, while I was, I mean, for like, let's. Call a spade a spade. I was really depressed. Like it was a dark time. I was like, "What the heck am I doing with my life?" Like mm-hmm. all of my creative endeavors have ground to a crashing halt. Um, what am I'm I'm just feeling so listless and useless, and yeah. just like, "What is I?" I just felt terrible. It was really emotionally spiraling, mm. and um, I encountered this song, and of, and speaking of light dark push pull there's a way of listening to this song where you can take it as a total triumph that this is a this is like um this is like a life coach yes saying like get back in there champ mm-hmm. the, the the message of this song is like uh, um like uh pick yourself up and give it a go and you'll be winning winning mm-hmm. um but the music is has this like a uh, lumbering uh, repetitive quality like there's a synth line that just repeats like the whole time nah, nah, yeah. nah, 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 nah. and um and it turns that mess the lyrical message of triumph and encouragement into sardonic mockery mm-hmm. um and it makes the whole thing um ring sarcastically and like a like a brutal joke. Mm-hmm. And the first line line of it is I find so devastating it 's like what holds your hope together? make sure it 's strong enough mm-hmm. when you reach the end of your tether if if it wasn't strong enough, I was going down, but then I started swimming, I was going to drown, and then I started winning mm-hmm. um, and you can take it both ways there are sometimes I listen to the song and i 'm encouraged by it and i and I feel yeah. it I feel um, supported by it and there mm-hmm. are other times when I listen to it and and it's wallowing in defeat and yeah. and it's just like you what holds your hope together what do you have like mm. that's that's such a devastating turn of phrase yeah and not to be you can of course separate the art from the artist but one of the deep tragedies of the band the sound is that the, the man who wrote these lyrics um took his own life like uh jumped in front of a train yeah and like so this is somebody who's like really obviously struggling with a lot of with with a lot of um mental suffering Mm -hmm. and knowing that unescapably knowing that about the songwriter complexifies it even more where you're like is this the sort of encouragement that one gives oneself when you're in the middle of a mental crisis Mm -hmm. and you believe that you're on the verge of breaking through and winning at Mm -hmm. the moment that it all falls apart yeah, and and so yeah, I find this song both encouraging, but ultimately very, very tragic. And yeah, it was, and it was, and in, and when I was feeling really depressed, I related to that.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Um, yeah, it was one that I I felt I had to Google when I was listening to it because on the first listen, I I read it that way. I was like, I was like, okay, so it's I don't see how this song is going to be sad when it's called winning and mm-hmm. it's about a man who started winning and i'm like okay um but there was still that sort of that thing in the back of my mind where like the, as, as you said like the, that synth line the quality of the song there's something that's like not quite right about it um and then i looked it up and i found the um stuff about adrian Portland and um yeah it's like okay that that makes sense and it makes uh, like comments on, on youtube and stuff are very telling as well you know people talking about how this is like sort of very ma- much matches up with their experience in terms of their mental health as well um i have been very conscious of the last maybe 10 episodes that um without meaning to i have consistently brought up my favorite band which is a band called Frightened Rabbit. Um, I, but this is very relevant so i feel like i'm allowed um i don't know if you know
1: the band at all or if you've heard their music i'm 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 aware of them but i i couldn't play i couldn't name you a song fair um so there there's
0: a scottish band um lead singer scott Hutchison. i wrote a lot about mental health there's a lot of songs that um i think um like if if winning resonates with you like a lot of his music would probably resonate with you as well he's a song called Floating in the Fourth which was essentially a um, uh, a suicide note that Mm -hmm. he turned into a song and it finishes with the line I think I'll save suicide for another year Um, so there's a a lot of that and and a lot of people find comfort in that in in even the sort of the darker songs because it's like that's how it feels when you're you're in it Um, and I really resonated with it because I, I had my own spell of depression when I was at um university. So we're going back like uh, over ten years now. And uh, it wasn't like I was I wasn't depressed to the point where I felt like I was in danger, but I just like I had this consistent feeling of melancholy, feeling of like not being good enough, not wanting to get out of bed, etc yeah. etc. And the biggest thing for me is like I think the biggest trick that your depression pulls is that it tells you that it's not real and you f- that in itself is thoroughly demoralizing because your brain is telling you you're not depressed there's nothing wrong with you you're just lazy you're just dumb mm-hmm. you're just worthless um so having music that that expresses that feeling in a musical form is a precious gift it's something that i cling to for dear life yeah. um
1: songs that are overt in their encouragement
0: yes yeah
1: ring so hollow to me yes i agree yeah when 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 you're when you're going through it yeah songs like that that maybe to an outsider or people who maybe i feel like and and everybody's different maybe some people's psychology operates differently but like i it's 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 feeling understood yes it's having a gaining some perspective on on it yeah. And just you talking now, maybe it clicked with me that, yeah, so much of my thought process when I was really in those dark places, it's so cyclical and like you can't break out of it, and it has a it's a repetitive, spiraling quality, mm-hmm. much like the 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 quality of this song yeah that 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 maybe that's kind of it is the the lyrics on their face are this message of encouragement and hope, yeah. but the the music. Is recapitulating this atmosphere of endless cycling, repetition, yeah, and spiraling, yeah. It's like yeah, the 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 lyrics are drawing you up, but the the song is a whirlpool drawing you down. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think it makes sense. Um. So yeah, and and Scott uh, in twenty eighteen took his own life. So yeah it's a very similar thing where now oh. it it puts a lot of these songs into a very different light there's a, a song my song that makes me sad is a song that he did with a different project um called bird is bored of flying which mm. yeah in hindsight when you listen back to it is just uh it's very clearly a song for the perspective of a man who's just is just given up um which is horrendous um but uh, yeah i i'm um, just going back to what you're saying about those like overtly joyful songs or overtly like, it's it's almost like someone t- talking to you when you're depressed and saying like cheer up, you know, everything's yeah. going to be alright and you're like, that doesn't fucking help. Um, yeah, exactly. But there's a there's a lyric that I keep going back to that Scott wrote in a, in a song called The Oil Slick which is um, there is light but there's a tunnel to crawl through and I love that so much because that is that, that for me is, is, is it in a nutshell, like it's yeah identifying that there is hope things will get better this too shall pass but there's also work to do to get to that point it's not just going to happen and i think that's a much more realistic thing to say to someone and it's a much more comforting thing in that sense as well
1: um amen to that yeah 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 i will i'll be listening to some wren and some frightened rabbit when we're all said and done here (laughs) yeah um and we can put our our in our uh content warnings at the front of all this too <laughs> oh yeah yes. sure yeah 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 no i've done I've, I've as i say i've talked about him a lot so
0: i've had to do that plenty of times but mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um so yeah like i w- once once i got it and uh, it's it's difficult to listen to because like on the one hand it, it's i think you can look at it from the perspective of a man who, like um it, it, you know it could be a song from a from the perspective of a man who's in like a more much more hopeful place in his life when he's writing Mm -hmm. the song but aware that it may come back around again or just like there's still that sort of that foreboding at the back of your mind right um but yeah in context it is like it's a it's a very it's a very difficult song to listen to so yeah i can i can see why it'd be in this category for sure it's tough
1: yeah yeah but I, i i love it i return to it again and again yeah for for yeah. for all the reasons previously stated <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely um all right so song
0: six is a song to relax to. so you went for welcome by harmonia and eno 76 oh
1: yeah um yeah uh, i i think i mentioned i'm i'm, I'm really into like electronic music mm-hmm. i went i really went down the rabbit hole of Early, the early stuff I have this compulsion where I where I'm one of those people where if I like something I'm like I want to find everything that they were influenced by and I really want to learn all the yeah, stuff sure. about the the genre and everything mm-hmm. and it helps me to appreciate it a little bit more um, with the knowledge that this probably comes from an insecurity of like being the, the guy who never felt cool enough when he was like at a concert or at a record store where it's like, everybody knows so much more than me. I gotta, I will be the one who knows just as much. <laughs> um, but, but sure. I also, I take pleasure in, in the, in the, um, yeah. in the search and the hunt and the learning. And, um, uh, so as I was going back and learning about stuff, I got really into that early, um, German electronic music, the uh, crowd rock or kosmische music mm-hmm. um, of bands like Faust and Cluster, uh, Amon duel Kraftwerk, of course, maybe one of my favorite groups, and Harmonia is like a kind of a supergroup mm-hmm. comprised of members of Cluster and Noi, and um, and now they got they made it even more super by including, you <laughs> know. <laughs> Yeah, so so we've got our Germano UK collaboration here. Uh-huh. All all your ambient, all your ambient daddies are out there swimming in the sauce. And, <laughs> and one of the things I just love about this era of electronic music is like all those analog machines that they're using to make it have such a warmth to them. Mm-hmm. The, I feel like maybe the stereotype of electronic music to people who do not, for whom it doesn't resonate. Or that it's cold and inhuman, mm-hmm. like the, maybe the person who would shun electronic music to enjoy the acoustic rock troubadour would be like, "There's a heart beating in that man," whereas these they're just machines. Yeah, sure. Um, but I think like the sound of those machines has such a deep and resonant warmth because they are s- sculpting sound itself. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a uh, they can make it do many things. It can be piercing and. Frightening, or in the case of this song, welcome, it is just like um, a set of sounds and textures that you just want to wrap yourself up in, like a like a blanket. It's just yeah. so warm and inviting and calming, mm-hmm. and it just kind of begins, burbles up, and floats along for a few minutes, and then it just kind of wisps away like smoke. Yeah, uh, I. I, there were, yeah, I remember when I discovered this album, I would just like lay on my bed and listen to this and yeah. zone out.
0: <laughs> it's... Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, there's a few expressions you used in the show before, but um, I like uh, butter for your brain. Is a phrase that I've um, <laughs> used a couple of times, and uh, I really like that for for this. Um, it's, it, is, it is beautiful. Um, you'll you'll know this better than me, I'm sure. But the uh, the, the the story behind this album is. Um, pretty cool as well. Like, uh, I think Eno. Um, I was reading this. Like, joined. Uh, harmonia for like eleven days, in the studio. Yeah, yeah they're then, just like hanging out. <laughs> yeah, they were hanging, and they recorded this in nineteen seventy six, right? And then, it wasn't released until, nineteen 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 ninety seven
1: yeah and then and then even that version didn't have all the tracks that ended up on like a 2007 re-release 2009 reissue yeah. or something yeah yeah but yeah it's just one of these records where it's like a bunch of bunch of guys hanging out in a <laughs> shed insane though like, like yeah like this
0: like this song like i listened to a few more um songs from the from the album i i, I tend to try and concentrate on the on the on the the playlist and I don't get too too much of a deep dive until after the after the episode but i listened to a few other songs from it and there's some other like insanely beautiful songs on this album yeah um i cannot fathom like as someone who's written music before and uh I, I just cannot fathom sitting down in a in a in a session for 11 days creating that many beautiful songs and then i don't what happened then like did all of them just be like ah uh, you know it was it was fun but we're yeah. not going to release that we're not we no one followed up no one like sent
1: a, a letter no one decided to yeah i don't know to try and track it's it like, down
0: it's crazy
1: i yeah you you i don't know if people if people have can find this like i had of course that that um, 2000s re-release of it but on the the cover image uh-huh. of that is just this like snapshot of the four of them um, yeah, all sitting at a table, and they're all just—they're all just like hanging out with teacups, yeah, or coffee cups, and they're all just—it just, yeah. just looks—it's seriously just like bros hanging out, yeah. And it's like, okay, we made this thing, and all right, maybe yeah. we'll release it, maybe not. Who cares? Whatever. Yeah, see you later. That was fun, um, <laughs>
0: yeah. but yeah, but but I love that. I, genu- I I really, really love that. Just that, um just hanging out, making some music, and then. Yeah it's it's clearly done for the love of it which is what I really like about it like they just had a good time doing it and then it's like you know whether we release that or not is kind of secondary to the fact that we created it um, Yeah
1: and there's also the interesting thing where like I think this is like he you know went and hung out with them and did all this stuff like basically yeah. right before he went to collaborate with Bowie, Bowie on yeah. all those on the on the his German yeah series of albums that are basically him him doing his take on crowd rock yeah so this is almost like him doing his his little like uh basic train his Krautrock rock basic training before yeah. he went to <laughs> went to do it with bowie
0: oh man crazy um but yeah it's 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 beautiful it's so good um right sharp left turn musically uh, song <laughs> seven this is the this most
1: is, this is the biggest turn
0: yeah it's a song for your preteen years so this is uh techno syndrome mortal kombat by the immortals
1: <laughs> yeah do people know this song as techno syndrome <laughs> probably, probably not, not no uh, they know it as mortal kombat yeah yeah uh test your might test your freaking might um yeah. excellent uh <laughs> for me pre-senior so this is basically i feel like this is you being like okay tell us tell us what your musical taste was like before you started trying to be cool (laughs) and yeah and um yeah man when i was in middle school i went to peter piper pizza in mcallen texas and saw mortal Kombat for the first time and it blew my little mind (laughs) it was like (laughs) never had i seen something so violent (laughs) yeah yeah and um then when uh the movie came out I insist I was I don't my dad took me to see it God knows what my dad thought of the the cinematic experience of Mortal Kombat yeah Um, but the from the opening moments of that in the movie theater you're getting pummeled in the face um, by techno syndrome this this like this like uh, techno by numbers track yeah um, Yeah. and I there's so the, my relationship with this song is in, is inextricably tied to that moment of being in a movie theater and having this hit me with the volume of a movie right. theater sound system. Sure. And just feeling my heart bursting out of my chest at how stoked I was yeah. that I was about to see sub zero uh, Kano, Raiden and the gang. Yeah, um, And I went and I think, I can't remember if I bought this with my own money or I asked for it for like my birthday or Christmas or something, but I, uh-huh. This was maybe the first CD I owned, Right. was the soundtrack okay. to Mortal Kombat, and this what, of course is my favorite song on it. I would just dance around in my room like a maniac, listening to this again and again. Yeah, and uh, again now being a discogs weirdo, I go and look at it and the credits, and the immortals, so called, uh-huh. one of them is this dude who goes by the moniker Praga Khan, who okay. was like, um. His biggest group was probably called the, the people might know is called the Lords of Acid, which were okay. like this pervy, uh, pervy early 90s techno group. Right. And then he's, he's also like, speaking of subgenres, one of the subbiest subgenres is this, uh, one called Belgian New Beat, which was okay. a Belgian electronic dance subgenre that was kind of like happening at the same time as Acid House and, and stuff. Okay. okay. And it has, and it, has a lot of like kind of dorky like let's dance let's we are dancing kind of vocals but (laughs) also with lots of like uh also it's also really horny (laughs) right sure it's lots of like like porno samples in it and stuff and that was like that was like his bread and butter but he also co-produced mortal Kombat. (laughs) wow okay um and yeah it's it comes from that era where like where when i when i was receiving this as a kid this was just electronica um, right sure yeah yeah this is this is like very tied in my head to like the experience of watching mtv's amp and right stuff yeah um and uh yeah this is the most like uh there is no one no one no one here is trying to be cool right. <laughs> this, this is this is a this is make work for a couple of guys doing a soundtrack job and a and a 12 year old who just likes likes the drums they hit real good yeah and, sure um, and it's yeah. but it's a blast who doesn't like yeah. mortal Kombat? come on
0: yeah yeah i get you um yeah I, I i think all those things coming together is like is pretty insane like this this song at that volume for a child um, uh-huh. who's already excited yeah i can see why that yeah. would that would uh hit you in the chest yeah
1: dun 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 dun
0: dun <laughs> dun yeah. yeah man like i and yeah then, I, I, I i've i've and- I've never done cocaine, but like when I was listening to this, I was like, this, "This, must be something close to how it feels." Like,
1: oh yeah, yeah. I was ripping a Twizzler there at the, <laughs> the movie theater, yeah, just sure. high as hell on Twizzlers. <laughs> listening to this music, tripping my balls off. And, um, <laughs> yeah. The thing yeah. Is, is, that the Mortal Kombat soundtrack album has a wide, It's it's a lot of like industrial stuff. Like, mm. um, mm-hmm. typo negative is on there. KMD- FDM is on there right uh there's an orbital song on there that is maybe the most kind of tasteful choice um, sure okay and i which I, I could have picked orbitals halcyon and on and on but i i decided to be honest yeah this feels more i was gonna say this feels
0: more <laughs> honest yeah yeah absolutely. but right. but
1: yeah one can like uh, harmonia and Eno and the immortals so i contain multitudes <laughs> yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> get you a guy who can do both yeah um all right song it is a cover so you went for a little black egg by the cars
1: yeah <laughs> did you did you ever have you know those things where these those scams were in a magazine it would be like get seven cds for the price of one or mm. like eight cds for a penny right and the whole deal was like you'd send away for it you'd get them but as part of that you had signed up for a a service where they every month they would send you a cd and oh, if you yeah. didn't send it back to them, then you were on the hook for the price of the CD that they sent you. Right. Yeah. Well, i I was a mark for that scam as a as a kid. Roughly, sure. roughly about the time that 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 young boy was jamming out to Mortal Kombat. he was also <laughs> signing up for one of these uh, CD scams. Yeah. And as I said, my taste was not fully developed. So I was basically getting what was on the radio. I was like, please give me this on Dave Matthews under the table and dreaming. Yes. I would love to have blues travelers (laughs) album, (laughs) um, which was no shade. Great, great stuff. But, um, uh, so I got all that stuff and I was listening to it and okay, fun and fun enough. But then, then they, then they got me on the hook and they sent me one of the CDs Mm -hmm. that I, was on the hook to buy because i kept it too long and what that cd was was a double cd of the cars anthology okay now the cars was not a band i was even dimly aware of i probably heard just what i needed on the radio and had no idea who it was Mm -hmm. but then i was like stuck with this cd and i was like ignorant ignorant young ross was like oh i'm stuck with this like uncool cd of like dinosaur classic rock for dads (laughs) who do i who can i give this to And then I started to listen to it and got its hooks into me because the Cars are maybe some of the best pop songwriters who ever lived. Right? It's just hooks for miles. And so the Cars now is like one of my favorite bands because of this little CD con moment. Mm. But because it was an anthology double disc, it was like greatest hits, but also rarities and B-sides. And one of the rarities that they included was this song, um, which is the cars covering this, like, random uh, garage band from the 60s called the Nightcrawlers, I think. Yeah. And it's just this nonsense novelty song called Little Black Egg that is, is a total, like, it's one of these garage songs where you're like, what the hell is this about? It's just, like, total nonsense. Yeah. Bordering on, like, novelty tune. Yeah, but it has this really kind of like weird, like arpeggiated kind of sound to mm-hmm. it, which, of course, when the cars cover it, they they do it all with the synthesizers. And I guess I didn't know this at the time, but apparently they wrote this. This is actually a demo that they gave to the to the model Bebe Buell for okay. an album she released of covers. Right. So you can find a version of this exact same song with Rico 6 vocals taken off and hers on it. Um, right, okay. Very strange. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I loved this tune because uh-huh. it was just an anthology and this was all I knew of the Cars. I was like, oh, great. This is any other Cars song. This is great and weird. Yeah, yeah, And it's just yeah. this kind of like weird little hooky pop oddity. Yeah. Um, and it's just by virtue of it being one of these things that Hit me at such a young and impressionable age. Yeah. It's just one of my favorite songs. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Yeah, it's, um, it's weird. I I don't know why, but like, of all the songs on this playlist, this is probably the one that got stuck in my head the most. Like, when I. It's so earwormy. Yeah, it's right in there. And as you see, like, as well, like, the the novelty factor definitely plays into it as well.
1: You're singing it right now in your head, right? Um, Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's their thing man. It's like the Cars is like it's crazy when you start to listen to the songs with maybe a, a finer finer tuned ear for what they're doing. Yeah. It's just like so many hooky melodies overlapping mm-hmm. and like creating polyrhythms with each other in every song. Like they're just such insanely gifted hooksmiths. Yeah. Like it's 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 wild. Like every yeah. song gets in your head like that. Um, yeah. And they're all just like such amazing musicians. Mm. And and as a tall, lanky, gawky, weird-looking guy, I'm uh-huh. I'm really, I, I feel very seen by Rico Casick. I'm like, wow, <laughs> you you can really do it if you if you're a if you're a tall, uh, gawky weirdo who looks kind of like a goofy rooster, you can still be a cool guy.
0: Amen, <laughs> hey, hey, amen. Um, yeah, great song. Okay, song nine is a song you sing singing karaoke,
1: so you went for grills. Yeah, <laughs> it takes um, a certain sort of person to be the I'm going to do a rap song at karaoke. Sure, and it's hard to, and you can really only do it if you know the lyrics pretty well going in. Yes, and I agree. Yeah, and uh, I think this is another example of a. I think I had grills on a on a DJ mix. Okay, and the and the lyrics just got in my head, so it has become a karaoke standard sure <laughs> where i can where i can just really i can stand and deliver grills off the top of my head okay um but it's also just a really fun song um yeah. jermaine dupree on production and it's also it's a nelly song officially but featured is the iceman paul wall right. uh one of my one of my favorite rappers houston legend <laughs> right okay um yeah i think it's i think it's a good choice
0: I, I it's i i don't mean to be disrespectful but I find this song so funny. Oh, it's, no, it's hilarious. It's so it's, funny. It's so
1: ridiculous. It's mostly just someone explaining what a grill is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 explaining what this obscure and odd piece of jewelry is. Yeah, yeah in, in every detail. different way. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, um, which I love. I I am very excited, but um, to have this song on the show as well because I. So I've coined a term on hmm. this show. Um and it went back to like it, it happened twice in the first 3 episodes and then didn't happen again for another 70 episodes. But uh, have you heard the song Fantastic Man by William Onyebore? No. Okay. I uh, It's it's odd, but I I genuinely I think you'd like it, but um yeah. it's it's worth checking out. Um so the the basic premise of that song is William Onyboer is singing um, something to the effect of Since we've been together, I've told you how good you look uh, I tell you all the time and now I need you to tell me how do I look
1: <laughs>
0: And the woman sings back You look so good, fantastic man And then it goes into this like beautiful kind of synth vibe, um, which is just great energy Um and I'm obsessed with the fact that he has written a female character, almost like a female part, <laughs> Right. with the sole purpose of making him look good, like oh, yeah. complimenting him. Um, and the, so that was the first. So, uh, that was the first one. The next one was uh, "Good Girls Go Bad" by um, Cobra Starship. Mm. I don't know if you know that one. Uh, similar thing. And then uh, the the third one that happened was "Teenage Dirtbag." So it's all examples Weedus. of like men yeah. yeah. It's all example of men writing female characters to sing parts that just <laughs> like inflate their own ego. And this is the same thing because I, I don't know how much market research Nelly did on like how how uh how into the grill the women were. Um yeah. but to have Well his this...
1: well to, in fairness, his grandmama hate it. But his little mama love it. <laughs> <laughs> but just to write a female character to be like smile for me daddy it's just no. so
0: funny to me he wrote oh, that he, he wrote that. that and then handed it to her on a piece of paper and said this is what I want you to sing mm. and, and then want, then towards want, the
1: end of the song it gets even more detailed. it's like uh, boy how'd you get your girl that way and yeah. how much did you pay yes <laughs> like, yeah. well, let's get down to brass tacks now like, absolutely yeah how, how much, much was this thing
0: that's a standard <laughs> question that all all women are asking in yeah. 2005
1: um, <laughs> how much were the rocks
0: and metal in your mouth um, yeah yeah I just I'm obsessed. So yes, yeah. I was just from from that alone I'm very happy to have another uh, as I call it fantastic man song in the I love it, yeah. In the list, How much yeah. did
1: it cost? Well, he won't get into specifics, but Paul Wall will say that it's more carrots than a salad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's just it's brilliant like
0: more carrots than a, is a is a good line. I I enjoy yeah. it, but it's just it's <laughs> also so dumb.
1: It's Oh, yeah. Uh, it's oh. it's uh, speaking of coining words it's dumb clever it's like it's so dumb it's brilliant it's yeah. uh yeah i that's not mine somebody i forget like that's just out in the ether but like it's punchlines. it's just all it's yeah. all just silly punchlines about yes. mouse jewelry it's, yeah.
0: yeah i love it it's it's well written stuff about something that like mm-hmm. i mean especially in 2023 no one gives a shit about the metal in your mouth no um <laughs> but yeah like I, I, I literally googled nelly just to double check like does he is he still rocking the grill no no, no, that's no, 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 no. yeah. We don't do that anymore. That's yeah. that was very of its time, um, yeah. but yeah, for karaoke, I think it's great. I think it's got like it's got that kind of like ridiculous factor to it. I think a good like uh, rap song. If again, if you know the lyrics, and it's got the nostalgia
1: as well. Yeah. I think, like, it's a little bit funny. It's yeah. got the nostalgia, but yeah. it's also a skill piece if you yes. can deliver it well. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah exactly and it's not like well here's here's the thing are you doing the female character as well this is a, this is a question
1: well this is a thing also is it like this may be a skating indictment of our car- our karaoke companies Yeah. do they leave is that just included in the karaoke track the female vocals because Ooh, okay. it, when I do it it usually is usually the, okay, okay. the okay. women's vocals are just part of the track right okay but you could definitely you could definitely get it up get someone up and do it as a duet I guess also yeah sure <laughs> sure I, yeah, I know personally I don't think I'd feel comfortable on a stage
0: saying smile for me, daddy. What and you looking at? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to see my what? You want to see my what? Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Um, um, yeah, I'm a big fan. Uh, song 10 is a song that reminds you of a specific place. So you went for "Flat Flatbeat um, oh, by boy. Mr. Oizu.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know if... I don't know if these kids today are familiar with Mr. Wazo, um, but back in the ninety, back in the nineties, there was um, a series of Levi's ads featuring a funny puppet named Flat Eric, who would bop okay. along to this song. And I guess Mr. Wazo was like the director of those ads, but the song and the character were so were like breakout stars, <laughs> and okay, and he he created a whole album of of kind of crunchy analog sounding house music like this. And I love this song. It has such this that wompy like sound. Yeah. It was very like proto EDM, like the kind of sound that like Skrillex and posts this is like kind of sound yeah. of of brostep is sort of like hinted at in that. Yeah. But uh, so, in one level, the, the specific place this reminds me of is my parents' house, watching MTV's The Amp and seeing that video and the little puppet bopping along. Okay. and just being next to a roll-top desk um, and sitting on a, on a fold-out couch watching a music video at okay. midnight. But that's just the tip of the iceberg because what this really rem- reminds me of is being in a dance club in Istanbul, Turkey. Okay. Um, maybe one of the most uh, one of the wildest nights of my life. I, I worked for a summer on a cruise ship and okay. the cruise ship went around the Mediterranean. One of the places we ported was Istanbul. It was one of the few places that we spent overnights. Um, And there was one day where we got off the ship in Istanbul and um, I saw a poster for Mr. Wazo doing a show at a dance club that night. And I was like, oh my God, I I love Mr. Wazo. I want to see this. I want to go to this concert and I can actually do it. Uh-huh and so my friend Jen Goodhue and I got off the ship and went into um Taksim Square and found this dance club somehow and went there and stayed up to like four in the morning getting our ears pummeled by by Mr Wazo's uh intense beats <laughs> in one of the most crowded clubs I've ever been in uh-huh the smokiest club I've ever been in by like. An atmospheric hazard of Chernobyl levels—the <laughs> amount of <laughs> the amount of tobacco smoke that was in this confined space—but right. um, a, a, just a sweaty, amazing night of, of dancing. It mm-hmm. was just so so fun to just and just one of those nights where you're like, "Where am I? How did this happen?" Like, yeah. I like I'm on the other side of the planet, and this and somehow I. I, an American from North Carolina, have wound up in Turkey watching this musician I love, who's from France. Like, how is this all happening? Yeah, it's just a magical evening. Ah, I love it. That's crazy. Not mad that. That's class. I love that. Um,
0: we've, we, yeah, my wife and I have been watching a lot of um Below Deck recently. So instantly, that's where <laughs> my mind's going. Um, in terms of the atmosphere. Um, yeah. but yeah, like I know from uh, like I also um. Spent a couple of months uh, working and trying to work on um, super yachts um, mm. uh, a few, like a good few years ago. Um, probably talking ten years ago now. Um, so I know that the uh, a, a big thing about the that industry is very much the the atmosphere of letting off steam because you work oh, yeah. very hard and cabin fever is a real thing and. Uh, yeah it's a it's a it can be a very tough and very lonely place to be so um yeah i can imagine just getting off the boat would be a luxury in itself but like that 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 everything else alongside that is um that's really cool
1: you are so right and i don't want anybody to get twisted i was working on this ship as like a as an entertainer believe it or not so my schedule was 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 nothing in comparison to like the people who really work on cruise ships are like maybe not seeing the sun for two weeks yeah sure and, and then when they and those going to the crew bar of an evening like people are blowing off steam yeah I have never seen people rage as hard yeah. as like folks on a cruise ship it is it is nuts it was a yeah. very very strange and fun <laughs> few months
0: <laughs> amazing alright so good uh, song 11 is a song that reminds you of a specific person
1: so you went for all is full of love Bjork All is full of love by Bjork the 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 video version, not the album version, which which I was bummed to find are two different versions when I got my copy of post. I was like this is't the all is full of love I know um, okay, but I love Bjork and yet, anyway, the long story short, I went to college first day feeling kind of lonely do I do I know anybody here will I will I make any friends? I lock eyes with somebody that I managed that I happened to meet maybe a few months before because he he was like a friend of some one or two of my other friends. Uh-huh. And we were just like, and it was basically like, you want to hang out? Yes. I go to his room, and he has three posters on the wall. Uh-huh. One is a nearly wall-sized photograph of Trent Reznor. Okay. <laughs> one is a slightly smaller but still enormous photograph of Jack Nicholson in The Shining okay (laughs) okay and the and the third one is Bjork and 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 where some people might have entered that room and be like you know what I have other plans Um, I was like (laughs) ah a fellow traveler Um, (laughs) yeah and so we we sat on the floor and vibed vibed for the rest of the night and that is how I made the acquaintance of one of my best friends in the world and a lot of that was of course talking about music and I uh, later on, we became roommates. He had a, he had an amazing music collection and he was a Bjork fanatic and a Bjork completist. So Bjork released like her albums, but she also had, she released tons of singles. And the thing with Bjork singles is like, they'd always have like three or four awesome remixes because she was such an amazing, like curator and collaborator with so many people across like innovative genres Mm. All her singles had would have really cool um uh remix components from like all, like all sorts of people mm. and i love that video and i can't hear all's full of love without imagining myself in the house of a, of a mutual friend of ours throwing out remember those director series vhs's or dvds there was one for um uh michelle gondry there was one for spike jones oh there's sure. one for yeah. for chris cunningham uh-huh. Um, might have been one for like Mark Romanic or something, but like the group got the Chris Cunningham one, and that is an awesome disc where like it's this autiker, a lot of aphex twin, but then it's all as full of love. Right. And that video where it's two sort of um, Bjork androids being made, but then also highly erotically sort of like having robotic sex with each other. Sure. Um, and it's and it looks really, uh, in that Chris Cunningham way, like in the Uncanny Valley, like a little too real, a little weirdly really artificial, right. and neither this nor that. And, and just looking back, I was like, uh, yes, there is some communion that you have with a friend where it's like I'm seeing myself as if you – as if you are two robots <laughs> seeing each other from across a crowded factory floor, and and that is that that is what what it was. Um, bonding over Bjork brought me and this man together, and all is full of love between me and him. Love you, Irvin Karsten
0: <laughs> Lovely. I I feel like the um, the Bjork poster in that room is definitely the one making me feel a little bit more safe. I yes, do it right. room, yeah, just Fred it. Reznor like- and The Shining. That takes the temperature down a bit. Yeah. Yeah, you see Björk and you're like, okay, there's yeah, there's, okay, there's something okay. more too. This is something, yeah. All right, right. A little less. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: A couple of red flags and, and one, <laughs> one green, one. One kinda, green. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, Kind of muddies the waters a bit there. That's good. Yeah. Um Björk is one of these artists that like for the for the longest time I have felt very intimidated by. I think like like Bowie's another one where mm. it's the way people talk about Björk and the the amount of music that that she's created is so all-encompassing and the way people talk about it they talk about different uh eras like the like different albums and and like completely different directions that she goes into with her music as well i i find it so overwhelming um so i appreciate when i get like just one song here or there that I can really deep dive into like yeah. I listened to the song so many times and
1: god it it's so beautiful, beautiful too it's oh my so god it's so beautiful it's yeah. it's yeah, it's, yeah it, we didn't I didn't even mention like how gorgeous the song is like yeah 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 it's yeah. so much like like that Harmonia and Eno song it just has this textural component where you just were like bathing in it it's yeah it's just so rich and and lovely the the drums on it are, are just have that like 90s idm like intelligent dance music kind of quality Mm. where they sound really synthetic and and um uh it sounds like a machine breaking down but or Mm. because you it's inexorably in my head tied to that video it's not machines breaking down it's machines engaged in some sort of like mechanical coitus (laughs) creating this creating this sound um yeah it's 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 so beautiful and yeah you're right like I mean and i kind of fell off the the the, the Björk train after vespertine like i haven't her fourth album but she continues to release music and uh and i just haven't engaged with it lately i really should listen to some of the later stuff because i'm intimidated by it too because she's just off doing yeah being her uncompromising self and yeah but I, but those first those first four are just like are so great and so poppy and but still so strange and unique yeah honestly um all right song 12 is a
0: song that motivates you so you've gone for i think i'll make another world by the magnetic
1: fields oh i forgot i put this on there yeah i i'm a big i like the magnetic fields so much like steve merritt speaking of like guy, guy what an antithesis to like the guy pontificating at you with a guitar like <laughs> he, he, i guess he could have been that but yeah. it's instead he's like assembled this group of musicians around him to create these like um prickly and too clever (laughs) sonic Mm. uh conceptual albums like i probably my first exposure to him was 69 love songs and um which is the if you don't know is this concept album where that is as labeled on the tin it's 69 songs about love and sure. some of them are wacky little throwaways like for example there's one on there called experimental music love and it's just a uh, um uh who would it be like harry part steve reich just like the uh, steve reich sort of like where it's just him repeating experimental music love music love in this sort of like she was a visitor she was a visitor kind of way sure. um so some of them are like little kind of jokey ones and then uh-huh. and then some of them are just like shatter your heart into a thousand pieces beautiful right but he's such a he's a very like and sometimes i sometimes this can be sometimes i don't like this in lyricists like he's a very clever lyricist right um and but for some reason it works because he's so along with that cleverness he has such a self-deprecating he clearly has such a tortured relationship with himself and his body and his sexuality and 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 stuff so that's that's really compelling so since 69 love songs it's been a series of kind of conceptual things like there's there's a song where everything is drenched in distortion there's one where like the songs all begin with i uh and this one is another um big concept where it's the it comes off an album where he wrote a song for every year of his life to date right so every song represents a year of his life and his and some some snapshot of his mental state or atmosphere or it's an okay. it's an autobiography in song wow okay and so this is very early in the in the in the run uh-huh This might only be the seventh or song or so so he's he's this is from the perspective of a child a little a little boy okay um and and it has a beautiful kind of like um almost classical sounding chord progression Mm -hmm. um like chamber pop but the 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 lyrics are to the effect of like i think i'll make another world and i can i can i can see another world and i can make it with my hands Who cares that no one understands? And it's the, and it's, to me, it captures that moment where as a kid, you realize that you can affect change in the world through your imagination. And like the things that you see in your mind's eye, you can bring out into the world creatively, Uh whether it's, whether it's writing a song or drawing a picture, um, or anything else. And it just captures that like free spirited moment where you, as a kid are kind of drunk with your own creative potential. Okay. And- and there's also this, like a lot of these songs, this bittersweet quality to it, where that who cares if no one understands. And at right. the end of the song, it's like, it's better than the old world, um, where, where a big part of this, this relationship with your own imagination often is, it becomes a safe place for you if the world is scary or, or harmful or distressing in some way, your imagination becomes a place where you can go and create a world that is better a place where you are accepted for mm-hmm. who, you, who you are where your weird ideas are not judged yeah. and and i and i'm like what a unique and cool premise for a song mm. and i find and i find it inspiring because like i think all every a lot of creative people it's like you always want to get back to that part of you that is just that that child at play yeah. creating and 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 making things in a judgment-free zone because the world out there judges, but I can make things, and it doesn't matter if no one understands because I get to make this world for myself out of yeah. my own imagination. And it, I almost I, I almost cry when I hear this song at the end. It has this build to it where he's like, I can see it now, I can see it now. its mm-hmm. its It's better than the old world. It's moving by itself and speaking in its own voice and it's like it's that moment where you see your your imagination take on a life of its own and you 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 you're in awe of the power of of maybe something as simple of just like drawing a little character on a piece of paper it's like i made something yeah it's i i think if you're feeling creatively stuck getting back to that part of you that's just a child at play is so important
0: yeah okay
1: i love that i've um
0: yeah, we've, we've had a, a couple of songs that are, are are slightly like in the same direction, sort of in the same line that you're on here, which is um, a kind of that point of what you're saying, like that who cares if no one understands, like um, perfect sound whatever by Jeff Rosenstock or um perfect places by Lord, um, both of this kind of but this uh, uh perfect sound whatever is is like if. Do you know that uh, that Jeff Rosenstock album Worry? No. I did it. I at the risk of being one of those people, I, it'll change your life. I <laughs> honest, I <laughs> love that album, it's so good. Um, oh, but um, You give <clears> me <throat> you
1: give me a great playlist uh, when I'm
0: done here. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But perfect time whatever is um uh, the 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 refrain of that is perfect always takes so long because it doesn't exist. Um uh and uh Perfect places by Lord is the same thing. What what the fuck are perfect places anyway? Is the you know the the the, uh one of the lines in that song. Um and I've spoken to a few creative people who really like connect with that kind of messaging of um not even for perfect, just like doing it for the love of it and not getting obsessed with like what people what other people think. You know, again, who cares if no one understands. But I like that this is kind of this is the the next step of that, which is going back to what a creative pursuit is, or what like what you are drawn to about being creative in the first place, and and that sort of, yeah, that that child of play, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, I really love that, and I think that's like, I think that's 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 nice to hear for, like, creative types of like it's it's nice to be reminded of that, nice to like ground yourself in something of like this is why I'm doing this, this is like, this is the 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 joy that it can bring because. Mm-hmm. Again, I know from interviewing a lot of people who are like in the creative industry, it can be a bit of a, it can be a grind. It's like it's it's hard work, um, totally. and there's a lot about the industry that's very very difficult and very hard. Um, so, to go back to that is, um, yeah, it's a really beautiful thing. Yeah, I really love that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and he as a musician or they they as musicians, magnetic feels often have a very, like. They're kind of like arched eyebrow, like dour, cynical. This yeah. is a very pretty cynical band. And sure. so this is a pretty pure <laughs> tune. Although, yeah. although it does have that dark, like a lot of these has that dark element with, yeah. with that, like where the escapist quality of it too, where it's like, there's something precious about this because the world, the world is wrong. So yeah. I can make another world. Yes, um, There's some, it's, yeah i i've i've just resonated with it so much it's, yeah definitely it's really inspiring
0: there is that there's something about i know what you mean about the quality of the music there's something like it's it's almost like when you hear clown music in a horror movie where it's like slightly <laughs> offbeat it's like yeah you're like okay this in in context is very off-putting and there's there's something slightly about that with the yeah with the musical quality of it as well but yeah it's 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 a beautiful song and yeah i love the answer you've um you've given there so perfect uh song 13 is a song that someone introduced you to so you went for oakland black arts by
1: hieroglyphics that's right um i gotta sh- shout out to my wife um okay. I, uh, uh this is gonna be awkward for me because my wife is seated, seated like four feet to my right <laughs> okay <laughs> so so now i now i now i must praise her while she overhears me um uh, but sh- uh she was like a um in her youth, she was and and she's a, a skater like a rollerblader and um, cool, and as part of that, that culture is so much about making you know skate sections videos that you soundtrack with with songs yeah like so there's this the the relationship between skate culture and music culture very very give and take mm-hmm. and underground hip hop was a big part of that and I, I I love a lot of a lot of rap. Um, and was aware of, was aware of a bunch, but was kind of a late comer to, to really, really dorking out about it. Mm-hmm. And my wife has, is a big fan of the, these kind of like nineties and early two thousands underground rap scenes that I was just not, that just weren't on my radar. Like I was made, I maybe knew a couple people, but didn't really, wasn't really into it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like she had been, um, uh, project blowed that means any like ac alone um the grouch um and a big one of these was uh like i knew dell the funky homo sapien from every, everybody knows him from clint eastwood the gorillas song yeah. but uh if maybe if if you know that you might also know like deltron Thirty Thirty, the album that he did with danny automator but um not personally no but a a cool speaking of concept albums a cool a cool like sci-fi rap album which is very neat but he comes from this rap collective called hieroglyphics and i i was aware of that but i didn't really know their music at all but there was one we took a road trip and threw that on and i was and i was just like this is so good this is incredible it just has that awesome like 90s um swing production style like hieroglyphics has basically hieroglyphics is a group and then within hieroglyphics some of the members are also in souls of mischief so like that's a rap group that you know like and so they they do some of the production on it but the rhyme style is totally unique like nobody raps like delta funky homo sapien he's just so he has such a unique vocabulary and his cadence and Mm -hmm. uh, pronunciation and affect is so his own yeah he's not trying to be anybody but himself yeah and it and it's uh it creates a cool mix and and yeah that that i just kind of picked that song as like one of the ones that really stuck out to me is one i really loved and yeah i just yeah i love that she introduced me to this whole little like zone of underground hip-hop that i hadn't known before
0: yeah excellent um it's so much fun it's just so much fun i I, this i this is definitely the type of like hip-hop the the type of um Rap that I really connect with is um it, it it's not that there's a, there's obviously like that sort of bravado but it's not like this kind of like um I know there are real gangsters in hip hop but a lot of it mm. feels very inauthentic to me and it's just not yeah like it's it's just not stuff I necessarily connect with but um I love it when the it like the song is basically just like uh the overall message is we are great and here's the proof right now yeah exactly <laughs> i love right it. now right and just like perfect like it's yeah it's so much fun um yeah i would kind of reverse engineer this i uh there was there was something about the the style of the rap that was scratching a particular itch for me and i was like i i recognize this from somewhere there's that the, there's some mm. kind of connection here um i think it was actually rock the house is a song that's been on the uh uh on the show before and mm. it's it's the same it's uh from the same album as clint eastwood and it's uh Del the funky uh, homo sapien on it as well so that was the one that i went to straight away and then yeah i was like okay of course it's this it's the guy from
1: clint eastwood um but yeah it's just
0: it's just so much fun um, yeah it's great yeah
1: it's fun it's 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 a lot of like swagger and bravado and but you get the sense that yeah but there's no but there's no like bl- there's none of that like Toxic bluster, yeah, um, yeah, and, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna post Shannon. Do you, Della Funky Homo sapiens related to some other. It's Ice Cube. Yeah, right. He's like Ice Cube's cousin. Ice Cube's cousin. Oh shit. He, okay. So it's not like he doesn't. He's not aware of that milieu. But he's right, just okay. like doing his own thing.
0: Ah, oh, cool, amazing. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah, that's so fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Song 14 is a song you wouldn't expect to like. So you've gone for Loaded by. <laughs> dripping so pretty and
1: brennan savage yes i um i don't know if this is like a song i wouldn't expect to like her song maybe people wouldn't expect me to like but sure this is this i guess kind of comes from the speaking of rap this is a rap Uh tune but it kind of comes from that contemporary genre of like soundcloud rap yes um i guess or Yeah, yeah emo rap um and yeah some of that stuff sounds sounds very samey to me or or like or it doesn't resonate um with me a ton mm-hmm. uh but mainly because like so many of its lyrical themes are so just repetitive yes um but i'll tell you but the reason sometimes like we said before you need a sherpa somebody to take of the mountains so you can see the view and um i i know dripping so pretty <laughs> i met oh okay I, I met him in a totally different context just met him as this sweet dude uh-huh. um a really a really nice and super funny guy this young uh-huh. man and um and as i learned more of his story i was like he i mean he mentioned like this is a dude who's who's had a lot of like who struggled with addiction and got uh-huh. out of it and is kind of a real success story um uh-huh. as far as that goes like so the stuff he talks about in this song, he lived it. Um, right, okay. and uh, and that this is a song also that has this kind of happy sad quality where like it's there's there's a there's a prettiness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of gotta get on its wavelength. The sing songy rap style. Um, yeah. it's it's not quite singing, it's not quite rapping, it's somewhere in between. And yeah. um, and it's about these dark themes of of addiction and self loathing and yeah and uh um fear of failure and all very relatable stuff for a yeah. lot of people and yeah. um and it's uh and it's just and i'm and i can't help thinking about like yeah th- that this guy who i know is just like this this happy like um this really cool like uh funny guy who's just like neck to toe tattooed right who sure. is uh, um i know him as also as a really hard-working rapper like he was grinding doing like writing collaborating he's he's an artist he's like Mm -hmm. really inspired he's not in uh and i could have picked any one of a hundred songs like he's very prolific Mm -hmm. hit his stuff up on spotify i feel like if if you if you're looking for a way into this genre he's he's good at what he does and it's uh yeah and um Maybe maybe this song is the one that'll do it for you. But there is a distressing component of all this stuff, where it has this really fatalistic quality of like, mm. all these guys seem to be like, I'm, and you see it like. There's so many of these rappers in this kind of genre. Lil Peep, I comes to mind, who die young, because yeah. so much of a, so much of this genre is steeped in prescription drug abuse. Yeah, it seems. Yeah, and and there's like, there's so much of this of like the world. What I've been through, like, I'm, I'm misunderstood. I've got to numb the pain. There's so much of this that is about numbness, Yeah. And it comes through lyrically in the slurred and mumbly mm. way that so many of the songs are delivered, mm. in this sort mm. of narcotized mm. affect. Yeah, and um, uh, and it's like I'm not gonna live long. Seems to mm. be like a, an unspoken, thread in a lot of yeah. this music. Yeah, and all I can say is that like i think that this is a way of processing those feelings but the story of dripping so pretty is one of triumph and, and and uh overcoming yeah and he's 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 duking it out with his demons on this track but ultimately turning that pain into this artistic creation yeah so respect yeah. to dripping yeah. so pretty
0: yeah uh, yeah I, I really like this and i think this would be the same for me this is a, a genre of music that i've not really connected with and um I mean, I mean, part of that is going to be my own prejudice, my own like uh, snap judgments. Um, I think mean, part of that is also that you know some of it is just shit. That's, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and I think especially lyrically, like a lot of the SoundCloud rap is just stuff that I'm like, just someone's taking a in dictionary and just churned out the the first. Four lines that they could think of, and then they just repeat that over and over again. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's
1: but, it, and you kind of like I realize you kind of got to meet these things on their own terms, sort of like hundred. That's not what it's about. Like this isn't yes. this isn't a, like this is not about being lyrical, spherical, empirical. It's about it's about Absolutely. it's about a vibe. Yeah, and yeah.
0: so like it, it's. But, do, do you want to finish? I I. Um I learned this on the last episode the the episode that'll come out before yours. Um I, and he was saying he was talk we were talking about um we're talking about trap music mm-hmm. as a genre. Um uh and as we talked talking about before, he's from Australia, he's a comedian, that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's my thing. Um but th- it's a uh an Australian trap uh group called One Four. And when we were talking about this, he was saying that um you know Billy Bragg? Yeah. he was asked uh, in an interview not that long ago what music he's into and he said trap is the genre of music that he's connected with the most and they were like you're Billy Bragg what are you talking about but w- what he was saying is that the, like that is the music that is now the music of the oppressed yeah. you know, it, it, it's been other genres in the past but now it's trap and I i find that so compelling and it made me think of like soundcloud rap it's not necessarily the music of the oppressed but it's like it's a different genre for people to express a lot of the things that i've connected with in the past you know drug addiction uh feeling of like as you say a feeling of numbness feeling of not being not belonging in the world uh depression it's just a different way for the for people to express the same thing um and i've i I think i'm a lot more on board with. with that type of music now that i've kind of like got over my own uh judgment of it but yeah i find that really interesting
1: like i mean america is going through an opioid crisis like yeah this is this is the water in which a lot of people swim like Mm -hmm. people are so many people's lives are affected by the the degraded nature of reality in Mm -hmm. in the in the pandemic uh de uh hyper capitalist war of all against all out here there's a lot yeah. of people living in like wrecked towns in the middle of nowhere where sure. like you've got a walmart and a downtown that used to have some shops that's now all boarded up and mm-hmm. i can try to like get a hustle going online or i can Do another Zany Bar or whatever, and it's like, and that's real. And like, what does that where does that person find their experience reflected? in like, Lou Reed's heroin, (laughs) no, it's in this. Like,
0: yeah, exactly. Like, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, like one hundred percent. I think this is a great gateway into it because I think even even without even with my own sort of judgment of it, I find I find the song really compelling and Mm -hmm. um. Yeah, I I thought it was I thought it was great, so yeah, I'm into it. Cool. Um all right, song fifteen is a th- song you think everyone should listen to. So you have gone for <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Buckle
0: up. <laughs> the, well I you've you, you, you very gracefully sent me just the prelude uh of uh Lohengrin. yeah, by rather, than, Wagner, the, all five rather hours. than the full yeah. <laughs> three, <laughs> I think it's three and a half hours on Spotify. Right, right. The uh the full opera. Um, so yes, this is, yeah, the, 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 the the opening track to the, uh, yes, the opening track.
1: Um, okay. So this is, uh, rare is the playlist that contains both Mortal Kombat and Lohengrin. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Multitudes (laughs) contained. Um, so I feel like so much of this whole playlist kind of is still kind of like resolving pandemic trauma. Sure. Um, as I was spiraling out one of the ways in which I was like, I'll just try to better my brain. And as far as like broadening one's musical horizons, I was like, Hey, a genre of music I just don't get and have never really got is opera. Like right. I, like it was popular entertainment for hundreds of years. And now I don't, I don't know a damn thing about it. Yeah. And so I, I, through the library, I got like a book on tape of the great courses of this guy talking about opera. So uh-huh. I listened to that and I was like, okay. And then, um, and just because he is such a charged figure, I was like, mm-hmm. I want to learn more about Wagner. Um, so I listened to another great courses just about Wagner. And then I got, there's a great book by the New York, a New Yorkers music critic called Wagnerism by Alex Ross. That, that is a, not so much a biography of Wagner as it is like a history of, wagner fandom sure uh, of how he's been reacted to from his life through today mm-hmm. and i feel like if you have a cart like if the layman knows anything about wagner if they don't know anything they probably know right of the valkyries yeah. um i love the smell of napalm in the morning uh and that it's the music that nazis like <laughs> um, yeah yeah uh Caribbean enthusiasm is the, right is my big Oh, okay. Cultural I didn't even. Touch point for, and, right, and, and then maybe they've got an image in their head of a woman in a breastplate and a horned helmet, uh, breaking a champagne glass with her voice. Yeah, sure. Uh, um, so I, I got. So I'm fully Wagner pilled now. Okay. <laughs> I I am like I I'm. That is not to say I think Wagner is a good person. Mm. He had uh, horribly noxious ideas right and it's it'd be a lie to say he didn't um, but there but he had all he had a lot of different ideas he is also someone that contains multitudes um, he had a he had a humane side and he had a horrific side um, and i think you must confront that horrific side when confronting his music and sure. and with a full knowledge of it and to appreciate the music is not to appreciate the 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 ideas of the man, the, his mm-hmm. his dumbass, absolutely broke-brained anti-Semitism, um, and I feel encouraged by the fact that like if you listen to a recording now, you are listening to highly diverse groups of uh, musicians and singers producing his music that he uh, that um that would hopefully make him spin in his damn little grave. <laughs> um, sure. the music transcends all, and. As I learned in that book, like in addition to appealing to the worst people in fucking history, <laughs> um, Wagner has also been championed by people of every conceivable um, uh, background and political orientation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, in the midst of my Wagner mania, I read *The Perfect Wagnerite* by George Bernard Shaw, where he. Makes a pretty compelling case that the entire ring cycle can be read as a um, sort of Marxist uh, analysis of, of culture in the 19th century. That the gods are the um, are plutocrats, and that we and that their downfall is coming at the at the results of their own exploitation and greed. Um, sure, then <laughs> great. Like I I love a text that like, I love that these that these works stand as monuments that our imaginations can wrestle and contend with Mm -hmm. but aside from all that the music itself is just fucking gorgeous right um and it takes some patience lord knows with wagner because he is long and (laughs) it still is and it still is like the operatic voice is not necessarily the one that i reach for when i just want to decompress because it's intense Yeah. yeah um so I think a good point of entry if you want to get into Wagner or is are the preludes his instrumental pieces right um and uh and Lohengrin is to me one of the most beautiful it's uh so the story of Lohengrin in brief, oh my God, I'm, I'm gonna keep you for hours. No, the story of Lohengrin is like, um, it, it's medieval times, who to funk? Ladies in horned helmets abound. And sure. um, in Thuringia, a uh, woman's um, reputation is impugned by some baddies. Uh, she prays for aid. A mysterious knight floats up on a swan and says he will fight for her and be her chivalric champion. Mm-hmm. He defeats her enemies she agrees to marry him and he's like yes let's get married but you must never ask me anything about myself it's fairy tale logic folks yeah. um <laughs> the evil the evil folks are like hmm, seems like if he really liked you he'd tell you about himself so with this little poison in her ear she she asks him to tell him his story on their wedding night oh by the way the wedding contains the wedding march da 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 here comes the bride comes from lohengrin oh um, shit. right okay and um so yeah, so she asks him about himself. He's like, "Oh no, you did it. Uh I'm a I'm a Grail Knight. I'm I'm one of the Knights of the Grail. Like I and now that you know my story, I must return I must return to Monsavant. I, I I I can no longer be with you, alas." Right. So he he goes away. The swan turns into her brother or something, and then right, and okay. then she then she dies of heartbreak. At the end. Um, sure. So we got here a, like a religious allegory of some kind. Uh, but it is also about, if I can simplify it, about something coming into your life that is precious and pure. And then it you have it for a moment and then it goes away. Mm. And at the time that I was listening to this and kind of going through my Wagner mania, my beloved dog was getting sicker and sicker. And uh, over the course of months, like got her surgery and uh i just was watching her decline and and trying to help her out was thought she'd rounded the bend and then she passed away it was uh it was very sad uh a beloved animal friend passes away that's a that's a big blow and so now this piece of music is is it is just the theme to me of this dog of this dog of this animal of my of my animal friend you know yeah and I realize that this might sound corny and insane, but this is, to me, this is just like this pure being coming into my life. You get to have it for a brief moment and then it passes away and goes leaving Mm -hmm. in its wake, just the, the beauty of what you shared. Yeah. And I just, I encourage anybody who has nine minutes to kill, Mm -hmm. throw this song on in your earbuds and take a walk and just have in your head, someone or something that you lost. And the way this song build this, this tune builds to its crescendo of the triumph of, of the connection, the communion between souls. And then as it tapers off down to its final crystalline note when, when its harmony is resolved and there's this one agonizingly beautiful moment as it fades away like i cry every time i hear it i've never not cried listening to this song yeah okay
0: um i, f- I feel like i'm gonna be this year my uh, uh my dog uh passed away um in february of this year and uh um yeah got sick in december 26th and um uh so i i'm i'm sorry for your loss i know i know how it feels sorry it's, for yours it's, i know it 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 fucking sucks and it's, it sucks um, it's it's also hard to explain uh at times because yeah some people some people get it some people don't um having a pet and uh yeah it's it's rough and um yeah i i, I when he was sick i deliberately paused Doing the show and deliberately didn't listen to much music because i didn't want to associate any particular song with the 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 moment i was in um so yeah i i yeah this i feel like that when i feel like i need a catharsis i think i'm going to i'm going to go to this and i'm going to think about that and that's going to yeah. i know already that's going to destroy me but you know um <laughs> yeah. i think there are there are moments where you need that there are there moments where you you need that um release and yeah. uh yeah, I think that's um that's that's a beautiful thing
1: for sure it's yeah it's hard to express like like you say you get it or you don't and that's the thing about like Wagnerian instrumental music is it expresses something that is beyond words yeah it's words are useless it's just the, these tones convey something more profound and for sure yeah i i uh i want to keep keep grasping this music because it still is out of reach for me it's still just such a a ponderous (laughs) artifact yeah it's just hard to grasp but like the these the pro the uh these preludes have been just my way into being a baby wagnerite and yeah (laughs) this tune in particular is like just just a shattering to Mm. me yeah
0: absolutely okay um yeah a beautiful note to end on so uh we can wrap it up there do you have anything that you want to uh plug or promote while I have you Russ
1: um I do a fair amount of uh um comedy stuff on a website called Mm dropout.tv so if you're into, if you're into comedy and game shows and panel shows and things that are kind of like those and almost but not quite those, yeah. um, <laughs> check out dropout.tv. It's very inexpensive. Um, you get access to a whole lot of cool um, comedic content, and uh, you can rest assured knowing that you're giving your hard-earned dollar to a creative organization that is run by good not craven or greedy people (laughs) yes it's they're (laughs) they're lovely folks speaking as someone who is who is maybe hopefully emerging from a ongoing uh writers and actors strike against some of the the greediest and most venal fuckers on the planet like yeah it's uh um this is this is a creative organization that is run by good eggs um yes. and maybe total pivot but if you're into role-playing games as i am check out the glass cannon network where mm-hmm. uh, where you can watch li- or listen to people uh play those sorts of games those are the sort of things i do online perfect I will right, well, thank you so much Appreciate it. Thank, thank you so much this is such a pleasure
0: and that's it for episode 78 of Mixed Tape and Entity. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, links in the description of the podcast uh, for Ross' social media, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, also Dropout TV, which, again, I highly recommend. I'm a massive fan. And the Glass Cannon Network, which is fantastic. So all those links are in the description of the podcast. Go and check out Ross. Support him as best you can. Um, he's obviously fantastic so let's support everything he does Uh, if you like this show and you want to support it there's a couple of different ways you can do that we do have a coffee link set up so if you want to support us financially throw a couple of bucks or a couple of quid for an episode that you've enjoyed with no more of the obligation Uh, link in the description of the podcast for coffee so you can uh, you can draw some money. Uh if you're not in a position to do that, that's absolutely fine, completely understandable. Please do support the show in other ways. If you've enjoyed it, tell your friends, get more people listening, uh rate, review, all that stuff for the algorithm. It, it, it can go an awful lot. Of way. Uh, I'll be back next week for episode seventy nine. So in the lo- in the meantime, look after yourselves and I'll speak to them. I'll be back next week for episode seventy-nine. So in the meantime, look after yourselves and I'll speak to them.